this has been a strange time, hasn't it? I, I, this last week has been a really interesting week, uh, for me especially. But, but I got to tell you, coming in here, seeing the Polka family, lighting the candle of joy from home, seeing the kids, being able to, to see all of you giving towards the joy offering, what a wonderful, wonderful blessing it is. And we have a lot to be joyful for today. And we've been talking in, in this series, this Advent series, we're preparing our hearts for the coming King. Not just Jesus' birth 2,000 years ago, but that our coming King is coming again. And so we're preparing our hearts. And one of the things I love is that we've been talking about um, hope and peace and joy and next week love. But it's not just that these are things we receive, but these are things that God is working in us and we become a people of hope and of peace, and of joy, and of love. And so, so today we're going to focus on joy, and this season is typically a season that has a lot of joy in it, doesn't it? Do you guys love Christmas season? So, so what do you love most? I'll tell you what, there, there's lights, there's decorations, there's the Christmas tree, there's gifts or presents, there's time with family, there's Christmas music. What do you love most? about Christmas season. If you're online, type it in the comments. If you're in here, share it with someone next to you. What's your favorite part? What brings you the most joy about the Christmas season? Go ahead, share it. So one of my boys, Jack, our youngest, he's four years old. Um, he was with Jerry, his grandpa, this week, and they were painting rocks. And Jerry said, hey, Jack, we should paint all these rocks, and then we should give them away to other people. And Jack looked at him and said, why would I want to do that? And Jerry was saying, you know, it's great to have things, but, but it's even greater to be able to be with people and to be able to give to people. And, and so it's just, you know, we, we find joy in giving to others and being with people. And, and Jack thought for a little bit, and he looked at him and he said, Nah, I think I'll keep them. <laughs> so, so for me, growing up, uh, you know, as a kid, I mean, this is nothing new. This is, I mean, almost all kids feel this way, but the joy at Christmas comes from gifts, right? Receiving gifts. And, and I remember growing up that, like, the days and the weeks leading up to Christmas, it was like you could watch the tree and you could watch the gifts start to fill in around the tree. And there was this growing anticipation that we were going to have Christmas and these gifts were going to be opened. And it was like it just grew and grew up until Christmas morning. And then we dove in after reading the Christmas story, of course. And we, we drove in, I mean dove in, and opened all of our gifts and it was a joyful moment. But the reality was, and the reality is with lights and trees and music and all of that stuff, that that's temporary. And I remember there were a lot of years where it was like we would build up this anticipation for Christmas morning and the gifts, and then we would open all the gifts, and there was this feeling, oh, it's over. And the joy started to fade a little bit. The reality is there are a lot of things that can bring us temporary joy, especially in the Christmas season, but I believe that God wants us to have a joy that's not temporary, but that's eternal. 
And that's what we're going to look at today. We're going to look at becoming a people of joy, experiencing the joy of Christ, not just in a temporary moment or a season, but something that God wants to continue to grow in us and something that is eternal, joy in the kingdom of God. So we're going to look at Isaiah 61 today. And Isaiah 61 is a prophecy to God's people, the Israelites, and, and they have been in captivity, they've been in exile, they've been in bondage for decades. And the prophet Isaiah comes to them with good news and shares the good news that will bring them joy. So we're going to look at it together, Isaiah 61. You can follow along on the screen as I read it. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me. Because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. So the people of God are struggling. They're hurting. And the prophet Isaiah gives them the good news, the, the proclamation of good news, that this isn't the end. The pain and the struggle and the hurt and the exile is not the end for you. But God, God loves you. And God's kingdom is coming. This is good news. And, and the reality is that, that the the job of a prophet can be a tough job because sometimes you have to give bad news to people. And Isaiah has had to give bad news earlier to God's people that they've messed up, that they're going to be in exile, that they're going to struggle. And here he gets to bring great news that God remembers them, that God loves them, that God is going to redeem them. That's the place that I get to be in today. Today I have the awesome opportunity to give you the good news that our God loves you despite the difficulty and the pain and all of that stuff. God loves you. God has not forgotten you. And God is at work bringing the kingdom to light here on earth. That's good news today. And so the prophecy starts in verses 1 and 2. It says, I've um, come to proclaim the good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, release from darkness for the prisoners. And then these are the verses I want us to talk about for a minute. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. So let's start with the first part of that. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This is drawing the people of God to a picture of the year of Jubilee. Now let me explain the year of Jubilee. For the people of God, the year of Jubilee was a great like reset. So the people were supposed to live their lives for about 49 years, and then in year 50, 
The, the year of Jubilee was supposed to come when everything would be made right. So, so over those 49 years, if somebody got into major debt, or if somebody lost all their possessions, or if somebody was thrown into captivity, or if somebody's life got messed up, the idea was that the year of Jubilee was a year for all things to be made right and to be reset to the way they should be. So this proclamation of the year of the Lord's favor is a proclamation that no matter how messed up this kingdom gets, no matter how frustrating, no matter how much bondage or pain we get in, the year of the Lord's favor is coming. And God is going to make all things right and all things new. This great reset, this is good news for people in exile. This is good news for people that for decades have dealt with frustration and pain and failure. This is the good news that what is right now, what you see, the messed up brokenness, is not what will be. And so he proclaims the year of the Lord's favor, the great reset. But I want us to understand today that this promise and this prophecy is not just for the people of Israel. Yes, Isaiah is prophesying to God's people in this moment, but this prophecy of the year of the Lord's favor is for us as well. The way we know that is because in Luke 4, we see Jesus talk about this. Luke chapter 4, verse 16, it says, He, Jesus, went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue as was his custom he stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. So the very scriptures that we're reading and studying from Isaiah was handed to Jesus. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, and this will sound familiar, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So Jesus quotes this passage, Isaiah 61. Look what he says next. Then he rolls up the scroll, rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him, and he began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. That's awesome. So the prophet Isaiah came long before Jesus and prophesied the coming of the year of the Lord's favor, and Jesus, as he walked the earth, goes into the synagogue, reads this text, and says, Today, this is fulfilled in me. Jesus was the fulfillment of this prophecy, the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus was God's kingdom breaking into our earthly kingdom, the brokenness, the pain, the mess. Jesus came to bring the Lord's favor. And so Jesus fulfills his prophecy, and Jesus was the beginning of this. And so everything Jesus said and did and the results of everything that Jesus said and did was the fulfillment of this prophecy, the year of the Lord's favor. So Jesus, it, the prophecy talks about healing the sick. The prophecy talks about giving sight to the blind. The prophecy talks about releasing captives. The prophecy talks about all these things. What did Jesus do as he walked the earth? He healed people. He gave sight to the blind. He brought the dead to life. 
He released people from bondage. He helped people who were mourning. He brought hope and life and joy. And so Jesus reveals, Jesus is the, is the fulfillment of this prophecy, the year of the Lord's favor. So we can look at Jesus, we can see what he said and did, and we can say that's what Isaiah was talking about. The things that Jesus was all about are the things that are ushering in the year of the Lord's favor here in the earthly world, in the earthly kingdom. During Christmas, we often look at a, at a story that, sh that angels come to shepherds in the field. The angel Jeff, apparently. <laughs> no, it probably wasn't Jeff. Angels come to the shepherds in the field, and what do they say? What do they proclaim to those people? They say, today we bring good news that will cause great joy for all people. The year of the Lord's favor was not just for the Israelites in Isaiah 61. The year of the Lord's favor is what Jesus came to bring to earth, what we celebrate in the Advent season. The year of the Lord's favor. But there's a second part of this. The second part doesn't sound as joyful and as happy as the first part. The year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance. Now, that sounds gloomy, but as the people of God, we understand that just as Jesus came and fulfilled the inbreaking of God's kingdom, the year of the Lord's favor coming to earth, in the same way, Jesus will come again and there will be a great judgment. And that doesn't seem happy and joyful, but the reality is we live in a messed up, broken, hurting world. There is so much sin and hatred and so many things that are wrong with our world. And the good news of the day of vengeance is that Jesus came to bring the kingdom. And one day Jesus will come again and the kingdom will be fully established. And the judgment will happen. And God will restore and renew. And God's kingdom will be in full effect. Man, if you think it's good to be together and worship, imagine when Jesus comes again. And so just as Jesus fulfilled the first part of the prophecy, Jesus is coming again to fulfill the second part. And we can have joy and we can have hope in that. So what I said a second ago about the people of Israel, that what is, what they could see, is not what will be, I want to take a second and I want to proclaim some good news to you. The brokenness and the pain and the hurt and the hatred and the sin and the evil of our world that we see is not what will be. Because Jesus is coming to establish his kingdom fully on earth. And that's going to be a glorious day. So, so what is is not what will be. There's three things I think we need to understand today about joy in light of Jesus fulfilling the prophecies. I'll say it really simple, simple this way. Number one, we need to see and believe it. Number two, we need to join into it. And number three, we need to find joy in it. That's, we're talking about joy today. And so we need to see and believe it. We need to join into it. And we need to find joy in it. So let's talk about those. Number one, we need to see and believe it. God is transforming us today. By replacing the brokenness in our lives with joy and praise. Let me say that again. God is transforming us today 
by replacing the brokenness in, in our lives with joy and praise. Listen to the first scriptures again. I want you to hear this not as a prophecy just to the Israelites in Isaiah 61. I want you to hear this as a word for us today. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. Is there anyone in here that's brokenhearted? God wants to bind up the brokenhearted. To proclaim freedom for the captives. Is there anyone in here that's feeling like they're captive? Jesus wants you to have freedom. For, to release um, from darkness um, uh, for captives and release from darkness for prisoners. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. The, the, for God to comfort those who mourn. Those of us that are mourning and hurting in this, in this time, in this season, in this life. God wants to bring comfort to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. This is what God wants to do in our lives today. The prophecy came to the Israelites, but God's word is true today. Jesus fulfilled it by bringing the kingdom to earth. And ever since then, God has been working to redeem and restore and renew and make things right and turn brokenness and despair into joy and praise. Good news today. That's where we can be living in Christ, in joy and praise. Just like I said, what is is not what will be. Listen, if you are feeling pain and struggle and captivity and brokenness today, that's not what God has for you. God wants to redeem and restore and renew. Look at the picture being drawn here. Give them a crown of beauty. Give them garments of praise, oil of joy. God wants to give that to his people. We should have, we should have a crown on our head of, of beauty. We should have garments of praise. We, could, we should have oil of joy. We should be just oozing with the joy of our God and Father. That's good stuff today. And it's not just a far off thing. It's for us now. And so for some of you, maybe just we need to start right here. Maybe there's some things that you've been struggling with, you've been hurting, and you need to just let go of them, and you need to see God work. I want you to know that God hasn't forgotten you, that God loves you, and that God wants to bring joy and praise in your life. So number one, we need to see it and we need to believe it. Number two, we've got to join into it. See, when we are when we are transformed from despair to joy, when we're transformed from mourning to, to joy, when we're transformed from ashes to beauty, we then become a part of God doing that, God's redeeming work in the world around us. When God restores something, God repurposes it. God doesn't just work in your life and say, go sit in the corner. God says, I want to give you a new heart and a new mind, and I want to give you garments of praise and joy, and then I want you to take those, and I want you to use those to bring it about in the world around you. So God transforms us, and then God uses us. Look at verse 3 and 4. So the prophecies, the things that God's going to do for the people, we just read. Now look at 3 and 4. They will be called oaks of righteousness. 
a planting of the Lord for the, for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. God's word for the Israelites and for us today is not just that God's going to restore and redeem and renew, but then God wants to take us and use us to redeem and restore and renew. There is a world all around us. You have friends and family members that are dealing with despair and captivity and pain and brokenness. And just as God wants to change those things in us, God wants to then use us to change those things in the world. The stuff that we shake our head at and say it's so messed up and broken, God wants to use us to change it. And so what is our response? We join in. We rebuild, we renew, we allow God to work through us to change the circumstances that we're in. That's good stuff today. Joy is not just something God wants you to feel. Joy is something God wants you to take out, that it's contagious, that others will come to know the joy and the praise of our God so number one, we need to see it. We need to believe it. Number two, we've got to join in when God changes you, God uses you. Number three, we need to find joy in what God is doing. Not in presents, not in Christmas trees, not in songs. Those are fine. That, that stuff's good. Being with family is good. Those can bring us a temporary joy. But we've got to learn as the people of God to find joy and who God is, and what God's doing, not just in our life, but in the world around us. So we've got to find joy. As God redeems us and we become agents of redemption, our joy grows. Look at verse 10 and 11. It says, I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God. For he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me with a robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest, as the bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the soil makes the sprout come up and a garden causes seeds to grow, so the sovereign Lord will make righteousness and praise spring up before the nations." So what this means is when God transforms our brokenness to joy and then God uses us to bring that to others and to restore and redeem and renew the world around us, we have joy growing in us. We become a people more and more and more of joy. Listen, sometimes, sometimes I've got to be reminded of this. Sometimes we need to be reminded that we shouldn't be focused on all the brokenness and the pain and the messed up stuff, but we should be focused on the God that loves and redeems and restores and is working. I told you this week was a, it was a tough week. I'm tired of this stuff. Are any of you tired of this stuff? This was a challenging week. And there were moments the staff could tell you, go ahead and shake your head, staff, that I was not the most joyful person in the world. And I'm going to be honest with you, I've seen moments where some of you weren't the most joyful people in the world. 
But the reality is, and this is where I've been all week, this roller coaster that God has been working and I've seen God bringing hope and peace and joy in today. Today, there is joy in the Lord. Not, not temporary, but eternal joy that I can see what God's done in my life, that God is renewing and restoring and redeeming, and that I get to be a part of what God's doing in this world. And my joy just grows and grows. You know, it used to be about presence, and it used to be about fun, and it used to be about lights, and it used to be about music before I really understood. But i got to tell you, I don't need presents. I don't need lights. I don't need the music. I want to see God work. I want to see God redeem and restore and renew. I want to find joy, not in temporary things, but in my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in the coming of His kingdom, in the fact that even in the midst of our pain and brokenness, God is showing up and God is working in incredible ways. I want to share with you some stuff. We need to see it. We need to believe it. We need to join in. And then we're going to find joy in a minute. I want to share with you some ways that you have joined in to the redeeming and the restoring and the renewing of God's kingdom. Over the past month, I am so thankful to be a part of this church. And I'm not saying any of this to brag on us, but I want you to understand that each of you has been a part of renewing the world around us. Here are some things that you've been a part of. Our church was blessed to be able to give $5,000 to the Edge Teen Center. It's right up by Lakota East. And it's a place where people are working to help teens, the teens in our community, Grow to have a better life. We got to partner with that. We were able to give $2,500 to families in our community to help them have Christmas. We were able to give over $16,000 to Higher Ground Conference and Retreat Center. That's our campground. And some of you are thinking, what is that? that what's that all about? But listen, some of you in here came to know Jesus at that place. And there are so many people that come to that place every year and find Jesus that we get to be a part of what God's doing to it. And I'm so thankful for a generous church. That's one of our values. We believe in being generous because God has been generous with us. One of the best examples I can think of of this scripture is Linda Romer in our church, who as a child missed many Christmases didn't get to have the Christmas experience the way that I was talking about it earlier with the gifts and everything. And you know what happened? God took that brokenness and that pain and God redeemed it and renewed it. And guess what God then did? God used Linda to start the Christmas Eve outreach project where every year many families in our community get to experience Christmas in a way that Linda didn't get to as a child because God didn't just want to redeem it and renew it. God wanted to use it. Isn't that wonderful? And this Saturday, we're going to see it happen here at church. What an awesome thing. And, and the best part of that, the best part of that is God's kingdom is happening here. And guess what happens when we all come together and we serve and we give? We find joy. 
I've been at those events. They are a joyful time. And when you come and serve at that event, you come back. Because it is so great to see God's kingdom coming to earth. We were also, a few weeks ago, you may remember, we had um, Ben Radcliffe. He's a missionary to Papua New Guinea. We had a video from him in our service, and then he prayed at the end of service. And, And Ben and his family were stuck here in the United States and not able to get back to Papua New Guinea where he does surgery and works with the people. And, and you know, Scripture talks about healing and, and, and talks about people being healed. And we may not be hitting people in the head and healing them up here, but you know what we did as a church? We got to give money to help Ben Radcliffe and his family get back to Papua New Guinea where they could heal. And so I tell you all this, not to brag, but I tell you this to say that we can be a part of God renewing and restoring and redeeming the world around us, and you have. And it's not just with money. It's with love. It's with serving. 